With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is the best couple of hours of your sports week. We like to call this the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, 12 Kyle. We want to thank you for tuning in. We are back, back in full effect, back to catch wreck. We are cashing checks. <laughs> Once again, back is the incredible. <laughs> We're having rap flashbacks over here, folks. I am your host, 12 Kyle. Uh, joined by the homies, man, Ken and Beasy. Fellas, what's good, man? What's what up, up, what what's up, what up? up? Back in effect, man. Back in effect. Exactly, man. It's, we, we, man, we want to thank everybody for hitting us up. Uh, we took what is it, about two months off. It felt uh, like know. two months. It was, it was actually yeah, it was like a it month. Really felt like, so, so a lot of stuff happened. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in and hitting us up and, and saying, hey, when are you guys coming back? When are you guys coming back? Uh, we just went on summer vacation, man. You know, we had to go, you know, you know, kind of take a vacation like everybody we, else. We had to take the banana boat trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to work on my tan. <laughs> so we got a lot of stuff to cover, man. Again, we want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and listening. Uh, make sure that you pass the word. We don't say this enough. But pass the word. Make sure that you support us on all socials. Uh, of course, Dead End Sports is on, uh, obviously, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and make sure that you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Dead End Sports. Uh, the homie FIFO uh, should be on the way. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get the podcast jumping. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, man. NFL is very hot and heavy as training camp is in session uh, there's one particular guy who is not in anyone's training camp right now, and that is quarterback Colin Kaepernick. Um, Colin Kaepernick is unsigned, at least until this point at the time of this recording. So I got to throw it out to you guys. And we talked about it a little bit before the, you know, as the season ended and as we headed into the off season, uh, we talked about some of the other quarterbacks who may or may not get jobs. Uh, if you've been hiding under a rock, uh, the Baltimore Ravens actually introduced the fact that they were indeed looking at Colin Kaepernick when their quarterback, the great Joe Flacco, uh, <laughs> went down with a back injury. Uh, they did not sign Kaepernick. Uh, from all reports that we have heard and, and seen, uh, the coach and the GM were interested. Uh, the owner, uh, not as much. Uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, just seem to have lost their quarterback, uh, Tannehill. He went down with a ACL injury, and subsequently they talked about Colin Kaepernick, but they ended up signing the retired Jay Cutler, who is coming in off of a torn labrum from last year. Um, so, B, I'll start it to you, man. How surprised are you that Colin Kaepernick is still unsigned? I think I'm more surprised that Jay Cutler got $10 million from Miami <laughs> more so than Kaepernick not getting signed. I mean, you know, we've been seeing this pretty much since last season, the way that people have been reacting. And then, you know, him going into that offseason, 
I kind of wish he would have uh, not opt out and just still would have. So if the 49ers released him, he still would have got paid. I hate okay. he opted out on that contract. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is not surprising, man. I mean, it's a shame. Yes, it is. Uh, but, you know, it's not surprising at all. I mean, the guy's been getting really cute, you know, since the – since the because he – just think, he was like the highlight of the NFL season basically last year uh, with him kneeling during the national anthem. And this is crazy. We're getting – we're going into this – New 2017 NFL season, and he's still kind of like the you know the subject of matter when it comes to the NFL, man. Which which is crazy. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's unfortunate. Um, and you you cannot tell me that it is someone. It's th- was it 32 teams? Mm-hmm. Someone out there needs a freaking. If Hoyer is still out there getting checked, if Jay Cutler, a guy whose body language says a thousand words about I don't want to play football. Of course we know, yeah, because I think they say like the head coach or offensive coordinator, he got a relationship with him or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But still, uh, you talk about people saying, hey, Kyle, we need to know if Colin Kaepernick want to play football. This guy wants to play football, but then you sign someone for $10 million who has the body language of, I don't give a F, I just want my check to play football. I mean, we've seen that with Jay Cutler over the last three or four seasons. This guy just do not he, – he looks like he doesn't care to play football at all. So – yeah, man, it's, it's you know it's massive. I'm I'm still I'm still keeping hope alive for uh, for Colin. You know, hopefully by the time the season starts, you know, get down to those last little few preseason games, uh, some someone reach out and uh you know call him up and call up for his services. You know, because it's crazy. You got you know Baltimore fans still supportive of of Ray Rice, right? And he clearly left hooked his wife in the elevator, knocked her out unconscious. You had my man from the Giants. What was that Josh Brown that mm-hmm. immediately beat his wife? Still got support, but you have someone that's quietly, that's intelligently, you know, protesting about certain way he feel that brown and black people are being treated in this country, and no one is no one is caring. And and I saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar mention. Like, where is I'm like, you ain't gonna say I'm surprised, but like, where is support of the white players? Like, yes, all of the African American players are stepping up. We, we, you know, me, you, and Ken, we're stepping up. We're voicing our opinions and our support for Colin Kaepernick. But I'm surprised I haven't seen like a white player step up. I've seen some white actors mm-hmm. you know, on Twitter, vividly on Twitter, support Colin Kaepernick, but like, I haven't seen any like white NFL, Caucasian NFL players kind of step up and, 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 you know, support the cause. You know what I'm saying? So, but I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, I'm just not surprised. Ken, what about you, man? How how surprised are you that uh, Kaepernick rem- has remained unsigned? Mm, um, I'm 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 a little shocked. I thought somebody would sign him, sign him by now, um, but once I saw them signing arena quarterbacks. <laughs> um, I knew it was it was it was over, man. This is um, a sad story. It's it's unfortunate uh, situation that Colin is in, that we are in uh, in America. Um, I think it's a stain on America that a guy that's standing up um, for people that are oppressed, for people that are victims of police brutality, um, is, is being punished for it. You know, and the funny thing about this whole story is that since we've been off 
they have talked about Colin Kaepernick every single day in sports media or a story was written about it. There is not that much to say about this situation every single day other than the same thing that we've heard every single day over and over and over again. And, And what I like about the Cutler signing is that it dispelled uh, the the narrative that I'm hearing uh, that I heard from people about, I don't know if he wants to play football. He needs to do a press conference. He needs to come out and say he wants to play football. You know, he needs to do this, that, and the other. Is, is you know, what is it? Is football his, his interest? You know, is that where it's <laughs> like all of these things that the media are spinning up and saying that he needs to do. Uh, like B said, here's a guy that had another job, was ready to go do that job, and didn't give a damn about football anymore, and he got a call. He told you he didn't want to play football, and he got a call. Clear, clear, clear um, white privilege. Um, And I know some of you out there will argue the signing from a football perspective, and you are absolutely right. Cutler is the better fit in Miami. I don't care about the Castro thing. I don't think they would have cared about that either. But people in Miami know about that more than I do, so I'll defer to you guys on that. But Dan Lebertard came out and spoke out about the signing and, and Colin's situation, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he's Cuban and and he, he know about the yeah, so he knows about the Castro shirt. He, you know, so, um, but yeah, man, I I just I think I'm with B. At some point, he will be signed. Somebody will get hurt over the next four weeks. And somebody will have to pick him up because the guy has NFL starter talent. We know that he's not very accurate, but there are a lot of quarterbacks that are not. Um, And there are a lot of quarterbacks that are accurate that can't play a lick anyway. Um, But this is clearly, um, you know, it's clearly a stay in your lane, boy. It's a message, not to Colin Kaepernick, but to everybody else in the NFL to uh, not say anything about, what's going on in the world and just take this money that I'm giving you and play for this money. Buck dance for me, run in word, <laughs> run. This is all this is. This is what I pay you to do. And this is what I want you to do. And, um, and it is what it is. Uh, Mark Slara said that he finds it unbelievable. He, he finds it hard to believe that people would, that the owners are actually in some dark room saying, let's not sign Colin Kaepernick. No, they're not colluding, um, you know, to to not sign him, but they're doing it with their actions. It, it, it's clear as day. So, for me, you know, when this whole thing first started out, I thought it was just more about system and its ability to play. After every single person that has been signed, this isn't about that. This is about what he did last year. Mm-hmm. And from what I remember last year, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, this was a story for a couple of months, and then afterwards, it it really kind of went away, you know. And, and and it was still in the back of our minds, but for the most part, people were talking about football. Right. And if if a team went ahead and signed them before the season would have even begun began, they would have gotten all of the questions out of the way. You may have to deal with it for a month or two, but then it's going to be all about football, and that's it, um, because that's what football people care about. He's standing, and there's nothing else to talk about. So, um, 
so yeah, I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. But I, I do think that he will play again. Somebody will get hurt. And at at some point, you just can't go sign the guy out there delivering milk door to door. You can't <laughs> actually get somebody here that has played at an elite level and that has actually went to a Super Bowl and was a couple of plays away from winning. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think um, you, you guys made some great points, man. I think I'm I'm and it doesn't take a lot to surprise or shock me. I, I wouldn't say that I'm sh- shocked, but I'm very surprised. Uh, part of me is surprised. Part of me isn't. Uh, I think when this happened last year and, and like B said, I would have liked to have seen him stay in the contract that he was in. But, you know, the 49ers had already told him, especially when they got Chip Kelly up out the paint. That you know he was going to get it was either opt out or you're going to get cut. One of the two. One of the two. You know it wasn't like he was going to be able to stick around. Obviously, you know with them getting a new head coach, new GM. You know they wanted to bring in their guy. So I understood why he left San Francisco per se. Um, you know, but we talked about it. You know, last football season, like where would he be a good fit? You know, as far as his strengths and things of that nature, like that. And I thought maybe that might be an issue as far as like where he might land. Um, but it was clear to me when you start signing bums like Dan Orlowski and, you know, picking up a guy like Jay Cutler, who clearly had mentally checked out last year, even before he got hurt. Now, like Ken said, I understand, you know, the, the, the relationship that Jay Cutler had with Adam Gase, the uh, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, who was his offensive coordinator in, I think, 2015 in Chicago. Um, you know, the, the media talked about how, you know, Jay Cutler, uh, did well and played well under his system, but they were six and nine. So, I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, yeah, he didn't throw a bunch of picks, but they were still six and nine. Last time I checked six and nine is not winning football. Um, that being said, when you're signing bums like that, and my thing is this, regardless of whether or not you, you like Colin Kaepernick or you don't like him. There's three most quarter most NFL teams carry three quarterbacks. There's 32 teams in the league. You do the math. So you can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick is not good enough talent wise to be on somebody's team at the one, two or three position. His talent at the very least, he's a backup at the very least. But I could probably run off at least a third of the league that he could start for. And, you know, is he a guy that you're going to put in an offense and say, hey, get me 300 yards, four touchdowns a week? No, he's not that kind of quarterback. Um, But who knows? In the right system, maybe he could develop in it. I don't know. But I know one thing. Colin Kaepernick's numbers were better than Jay Cutler's last year. A guy who threw 16 touchdowns and four interceptions on a bum-ass San Francisco 49er team. So, I, I'm surprised. Uh, I can I, I differ with you. I think the owners have now. I don't think that they're in a, in a, in a room somewhere. But I, the owners have owners meetings. I don't know that this wasn't discussed in the owners meetings this past off season. You know, I don't know that there's a. I mean, we have a group chat. I don't know that there's not a group chat of owners who are saying, "Hey, let's keep this dude out." And you know, the the thing, the the way that it played out in Baltimore really said a lot to me because. You clearly had a head coach in Harbaugh who whose brother coached Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco. So they had a relationship. And Harbaugh actually admitted that, you know, he had talked to, to Kaepernick. And then a, a, a GM, one of the best GMs in the league in Ozzie Newsom, they want him because 
Flacco has a bad now, you know, people <laughs> some of us on this podcast have been hard on Joe Flacco over the last four years. <laughs> I was personally, right. I'm <laughs> personally I'm not one of them. That being said, to have a back issue at the quarter to have a back issue in, in sports anyway is an issue. But to have a back issue can be very problematic. We saw last year how an aging Tony Romo came to camp and had a bad back and then got subsequently knocked out of a preseason game and never played another. Well, excuse me. He never started again in a meaningful game for the Cowboys again and subsequently ended his career in Dallas. And the Dak Prescott show is off and running. So we know how these things can play out as far as injuries and a back ain't nothing to play with. So, you know, and the the more the more interesting thing about what happened in Baltimore is that Baltimore they said in the media that they had were that they had interest in Colin Kaepernick. This was long before somebody said, "Hey, are you guys thinking about signing Colin Kaepernick?" So, they introduced it. And now the owner and then the owner was backpedaling and he's talking about pray for us and we're going to talk to the fans and we're going to talk to the season tick. Come on, man. Get get out of here. I would have more respect for these owners if they just said, you know what, we're just not going to let him in. If you had a press conference tomorrow and said, look, we're not going to let him back in the NFL, I wouldn't like it, but I could respect the fact that, you know, this is what you're saying. But don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. That's what's happening here. And and every time, and like this is football is a game of attrition. There's going to be more quarterbacks that's going to get hurt. And as soon as somebody gets hurt, the first thing they're going to say is, okay, well, what are you going to do? The, the Dolphins had the, the gall to say that they considered <laughs> Jay Cutler, Colin Kaepernick, uh, RG3, and Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow's playing baseball, right? I mean, Tim Tebow has not thrown a pass, I think, in like three or four years. And RG3, I mean, hell, you might as well sign me. I'll, I'll play quarterback for 500000 you know, 500000 and a lifelong, you know, deal with Gatorade. I'll do that. Anyway, to make a long story short, man, I, it, it's, I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised at the and, – and it looks to me like teams are running out of excuses. I just want to see what the next excuse is going to be when the next quarterback goes down because, unfortunately, somebody's going to go down. And for each of you listening to this podcast, just ask yourself – would, if your starting quarterback goes down, would you want Colin Kaepernick on your team? Answer that for me. And, you know, if you want to post your comments in the comment section, please do so. But if he, if your starting quarterback goes down, with maybe the exception of Jimmy Garoppolo in New England, you probably don't have as good a backup as Colin Kaepernick. And so that's my question to you all. So, B, I'll throw it back to you. There's been a lot of talk about fans – Boy, and we've seen it on social media. A lot of fans talking about they will boycott games if Colin Kaepernick is not signed. What do you think about that? Do you think that that's going to be effective of fans boycotting these games if Kaepernick, if indeed the season rolls around, kicks off next month, and Colin Kaepernick is not on an NFL roster? No, I don't, I don't think it's going to be effective. Um, folks going to still watch football no matter how, no matter how you feel about it, no matter what you say, no matter. You call it a no fun league. People are still gonna gather up on Sundays at a bar somewhere and watch their favorite team or their favorite player play. Um, I would like for it to have a, a, a positive effect for Colin Kaepernick, but just reality is not. <clears throat> I mean, 
guys playing fantasy football like myself and Ken and you, like we're still going to watch the sport and we're still going to check for it at some point. Um, I don't, I, I can't see millions and millions and millions of fans like not watching NFL game to the point where it's going to affect their pockets. Um, I just don't see that happening. I, I mean, it has to be over. Oh, oh, ah. Some super serious have to happen, I think, for to, for players to like. I mean, for fans to like not wanting to watch and it's affecting the NFL money. But I really don't see this happening to the effect of where it's going to hurt the NFL money. That the shield. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Uh, what do you think about fans boycotting the NFL? If do you think it will have an impact? Well, there's a rally, so that's something. I think that'll be covered by a lot of people, so that's negative. This whole story is negative, and the NFL is just waiting for the season to come along so it can go away, but it's not going to go away because everybody's going to talk about it until he's signed. Boycott. Um, You know, I was like, oh, yeah, boycott. Let's boycott. And I was like, oh, fantasy football. (laughs) (laughs) um, But the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I'm leaning towards not watching. Um, wow. Yeah. I, 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 I'll I still have my – I don't need to watch football to have a fantasy football team. I was about to say the the, the fantasy king. The, what do you I call yourself? The fantasy champion? But if, if you know, am I going to – like, do I care about what's – I clearly see what's happening to this guy. And it's like – I feel like some type of something has to be done, and what way can can I impact that? Just the same the same way that people last year said they didn't watch football because of him uh, kneeling, I can also say that I'm not going to watch football because they are not signing him. You know, I think it can go both ways, but I'm I'm thinking about it and I'm giving it some real serious thought. Um, about not not watching the game. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm not going to play um, fantasy football yet. <laughs> but, that, but, um, but like I said, do I necessarily need to watch the game? I can, I can watch highlights, you know, on, on Twitter right. or somewhere. You know what I'm saying? But do I want to give them that rating, you know, that credit for actually watching, physically watching the game? I don't know if I want to do that yet. So, and I know more and more people are actually saying that. Now, I have a family full of football people, and I know they're going to watch. Now, I can't, you know, help that I just may happen to be over there eating Sunday dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to picture you your in-laws like, yo, y'all need to turn that off. <laughs> but um, I'm looking it... at you like you're crazy, man, because mine would yeah. too. But I'm with B, man. I I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. Just like the people that didn't watch last year didn't have much of an impact on the game either, man. NFL is going to continue to do what it does. Yeah, I think um, – I let me, let me start by saying I commend anybody who uh, has the desire to boycott the NFL for, you know, on, on, the, on, the, on the benefit of Colin Kaepernick uh, being shut out or blackballed out of the league. Um, I don't begrudge anybody who uh, chooses to do so. Um, I know what the NFL is and I know what the NFL isn't. I know what it stands for and what it represents. Uh, And the NFL is about a bottom line. Um, That being said, I'm not going to boycott the NFL because, I mean, I just don't I don't 
I don't put that much into the NFL. I mean, football is having played the sport. I look at it as entertainment and <clears throat> it's but I also understand the reality is, is that these are men who have who are basically trading on their bodies. And they've basically, you know, we're we're watching guys and we're getting enjoyment out of people, you know, running into each other. And, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, they're going to be hob- some of them will be hobbled and crippled. Some of them will have brain issues and well, probably a lot of them will have brain issues. And, you know, to be honest, as fans, we won't care. We say that we will, but we don't. Um, and I get it. it. That's that's the harsh reality of where we are. Um, that said, I think. And again, I, I don't want to tell anybody how to boycott and protest. I just don't know how fec- how effective it will be if you have, let's say, a hundred thousand people, you know, say, okay, well, we're going to boycott the NFL. I mean, a hundred thousand people is like a drop in the ocean. It's it's nothing to this. We're talking about a billion dollar nonprofit organization. That's what the NFL is. It's a nonprofit organization. My suggestion. And and again, because I'm not in, I don't want I don't want anybody to think I'm telling them what to do. But I think if you want to boycott the NFL, you you have to hit the NFL in its pockets. And the way that you hit the NFL in its pockets is you boycott its sponsors. So if you're seriously thinking or considering boycotting the NFL, you got to boycott FedEx. You know what I'm saying? And you got to boycott Delta. You got to boycott Anheuser Busch. So you can't drink beer, you can't fly Delta, you can't order packages through FedEx or UPS. You know, you that's how you or drink Coca-Cola. You know, it has to be across the board. And then when you when when people are showing up, if if let's say, I don't know, a hundred thousand people showed up at the stadium outside of Jacksonville, or if people a hundred thousand people showed up outside of Lincoln uh, financial field in Philadelphia or the the bins here in Atlanta. If you have that kind of people, that amount of people boycotting and protesting at games, you can get the NFL's attention. I think if you say on your private, you know, Facebook page or on your private Twitter account that you're going to boycott the NFL, honestly, they don't know that you exist. And I'm not trying to be harsh or being funny, but that's the reality. I mean, so the NFL is they're moved by money. You know, it was a, think about it like this. There was a whole bunch of people that talked about how they were going to boycott Vic if he ever came back to the NFL. And when the NFL, when the elite, when there were people, a, a good number of people who, you know, gave away their season tickets in Philadelphia when he was signed to the Eagles. But there's a 20 year waiting list to get season tickets for the Eagles. So the Eagles didn't miss that. They didn't miss the people. There was, there was more people to get season tickets. So it's not like. Again, it's a drop in the bucket. I'm again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm trying to discourage. I commend anybody for doing it. I just think if you're going to boycott, you got to hit the sponsors too. It just can't be just about turning off the NFL because guess what? There are no Nielsen ratings boxes on our TVs. You know what I'm saying? The the way that they comp- and we still aren't sure how they compile these data numbers, but the way that they compile the data numbers as far as who's watching we, we're still not sure of that. So when you turn your TV off on Sunday, they may or may not even know that you exist. So if you say, well, I'm not watching, then, you know, you just missed the season of NFL. And my thought my, in my heart of hearts, I don't think Colin Kaepernick is going to play another NFL game. I hope like hell I'm wrong. But if you decide to move away from the NFL, you might be moving away from the NFL for good because I just don't think it's going to happen. But again, 
I don't want to discourage anybody. I don't want to sound like I'm hating because I'm not participating in any kind of boycott or what have you. But I think if you really if you really want to boycott, look at all of those sponsors. There's hundreds of NFL sponsors. If you start taking your money away from those sponsors and you and if we look at it, we deal with NFL sponsors way more than we do the NFL because we drink Coca-Cola. We drink beer. We ship our, our packages through FedEx. And all of these are NFL sponsors. So you take your money away from the sponsors, then they'll feel it. They won't feel it if you just turn the TV off. They just won't. You know what? It's funny because I, I think when I see people say, I'm boycotting the NFL on Twitter, I'm like, yeah, well, they, I doubt they saw that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, your, your private page, your private Twitter page, or your open Twitter page with, you know, 4,000 followers. I mean, not even your 4,000 followers saw your tweet. So, I mean, it's, again, I, I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I, I think if you, if there was a mobilization and, like you said, the rally, I think that's that's a start. I know Spike Lee has been behind some things, and you know the 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 NFL is hoping that this story goes away. And Ken, I think you make a great point. If Kaepernick had been signed already, this would have been you know it's, this would have been white noise at this point. You know, um, there would have been some noise coming into camp, coming into whatever training camp that he was coming into. But he's already said he's not gonna he's he's not gonna take a knee. You know, it's just it's almost like it's just punishment for what happened last year. And to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, but everybody else who took a knee last year with Colin Kaepernick has a job. So you can yep. sit here and say he's not being blackballed, but if everybody else is in the league and he's not, that says a lot. Hey, man, who did but, they kill? They killed Malcolm X and they killed Martin Luther King Jr. Yep. They killed the person that was behind that was spearheading the whole thing. Mm hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So and that's usually how it goes. So, you know, Colin was the face of 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 the movement last year and he did a great job. And I think, you know, again, I'm hoping and praying that he does land on the team. But I mean, the NFL at this point, they're running out of excuses because there's not much. If, if you're talking about calling Tim Tebow, come on, <laughs> you, you, you playing now. Uh, let's move on to basketball now. As you guys know, we've been away for a couple of weeks. So, I mean, one of the biggest stories that dropped uh, when we were gone, uh, Kyrie Irving wants out of Cleveland. Um, Ken, man, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the highest, how surprised are you that Kyrie Irving wants out of Cleveland? I was shocked. I, I was completely shocked when when the news uh, broke. Um, now, you know, after it broke and I said, and, and I thought about it. it, you know, it makes sense. You know, do you want to be there next year if he leaves? Um, probably not. You already know what that team's about. You have a ring, so you might as well go try to be the man somewhere else. Um, it makes sense. And you're basically beating LeBron at, at his own game. This is what it feels like. <laughs> this is what it feels like when LeBron has done this to other people in the past. This is also one of those stories where it, it broke like right after we went on vacation and they talk about it every day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And everybody's this, this was like, a story for a whole week. Yeah, and it still is. Like every day there's something new that comes out and it's like a loop of people kind of saying the same thing over and over again. First of all, I'm surprised that LeBron is being made out to be the bad guy here. That Good is surprise. completely shocking me because he's not the one that asked for a trade. LeBron has t 
turned into a villain in this whole situation. And every single tweet, every single Snapchat, anything that he does is seen as a shot towards Kyrie. The second thing, if LeBron is the leader that he says he is, I am completely shocked that he hasn't called that man by now. Because if that's your boy, if you're a mentor, you as soon as this, as soon as you heard about it, you should have got on the phone and be like, "Hey man, what's up?" Because you know, I, I thought we were trying to do this, and we were trying to do something to have a one-on-one conversation about what the future really looks like for both of you guys next year and this year. Um, so that's number two, and um, and and number three, man, I I just. Again, I just think this is this is Kyrie looking ahead and planning for his future and he doesn't want to be stuck with a team that has no chance of winning. Or better yet, if if he I, I guess he's looking at it like if I'm going to be stuck on a team that possibly has no chance of winning, why delay the inevitable? Right. <laughs> why don't I just go ahead and, and get started now? Now you put yourself in a precarious situation because like that tweet you guys sent us, they could trade you to the worst team in the league, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and you'll be stuck there for two years. And uh, but losing, you know, before LeBron got there, I mean, you were used used to losing anyway, so you know, it'll just be business as usual. But um, but yeah, I was shocked by the news, and I applaud Kyrie Irving for wanting to stand stand on his own too, you know, to go be his own man. That's what you're supposed to do. If you want to be that dude, you got to put yourself in a position to be that dude. And at this point, he's felt that he's learned as much as he can from LeBron and he's ready to move on. And I can't knock him for that. True indeed. True indeed. What about you, B? Uh, we we got the word almost at the same time and the texts were flying back and forth between us. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, man, with 10 being the highest, how surprised were you that you know Kyrie – Came out and said, hey, I want to get up out of here. Yeah, I was a little surprised. Um, you know, just the fact that, you know, after losing to the Golden State Warriors, you know, you saw you saw LeBron, you know, walking with Kyrie, pat on the back and telling him that, yeah, we, we, we'll be back next year, be back next year. And pretty much we're like, yeah, they will, because there's still no one in the East, you know, that can <laughs> right. take out Cleveland. So it's kind of like, why leave that situation? But um, to Ken's point, I think, Probably during the offseason after that game, you know, as stuff started to unfold, I think Kyrie saw the writing on the walls and was just like, you know, let me let me get up on out of here. <laughs> you know, like I said, stop the inevitable before I get up on out of here. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting if they're going to actually try to trade him before training camp starts because training camp for NBA is right around the corner. Um, it not is. Not too far away. But, um, and, you know, rumor, and it's funny how all these little stories and stuff start coming out now. But, like, you know, of course, rumor had it that, like, when LeBron made his announcement that he was coming back home, Kyrie wasn't too welcoming of it, um, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he figured he had just signed, like, a five-year. Yeah, like, that, two, like, like less than two weeks prior to that. Yeah, like, he signed this huge deal, and, you know, he's thinking, like, well, cool, I'm about to be the man here for a little bit, and, and maybe they're about to build, put some pieces around me. Mm-hmm. And then come, you know, you got the alpha dog and LeBron James coming there, and it's kind of like uh, and I, Kevin, and he brought Kevin Love, and Kevin it. Love, yeah. But so, but he really had to like kind of take a take a step back to LeBron James because LeBron James was coming there. So you know, you know, it was the rumors has that he was like wasn't too happy and welcoming 
for LeBron coming there, but they made it work. They went to three straight finals, won a championship out of it. Um, so, yeah, uh, at this point, like Ken said, he got his ring. You know, he want to go somewhere and try to beat a man. Um, you know, it's, I'm like, damn. Uh, it was shocking. Uh, it was shocking. I was like, damn. And the way it came out, the fact that, you know, from what we know, him and LeBron didn't have this conversation prior to. So, and it's funny, you know, all the little stuff came out. You know, Brian, talking about LeBron's camp leaked out the information. Right, right. And LeBron on Twitter talking about something. No, that's wrong. You need to get your facts straight <laughs> and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it was a it was a lot of drama. Like, even though, you know, you had other sports stuff going on, but the NBA was still the hot topic, you know, weeks after, Yeah, weeks after the NBA Finals was over and after the draft and all that stuff, you still had – NBA was still front and center of, of news, of sports news. So, yeah, that was crazy, man. It's just like now I'm just sitting back waiting to see where he's going to go, you know, because at this point it feel like they have to get, let him go yeah. before um, training camp starts because that would be one awkward training camp, you know, if Kyrie returns there, you know, to the Cavs this this upcoming fall. So they got to – they gotta. I'm, I'm interested to see where he's going to go and what, and what, you know, Cleveland can get for him. You know, rumor has it that – you know, Detroit was one of the teams. I think yep. they said Minnesota was one of the teams, but I think Cavs was asking for too much, too many of the young core players. And uh, what was the other Phoenix? Phoenix was on. Was in yeah, another Phoenix one. is in the mix, but they don't want to give up uh, the the rookie Jackson. Yeah, they don't want to give up Jackson. So yeah, you know, it's just it's it's gonna be interesting to see who's gonna finally like kind of you know just you know just be like all right, F it, we we make this trade or whatever because. Yeah, LeBron, like LeBron ain't going to be playing with um Kyrie Irving this upcoming season. It's going to be Kevin Love and whoever else they can they can bring over in that trade. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. And I I got to admit, man, that on a scale of 1 to 10, I was at 10. And it it takes a yeah. lot to shock me, but I was shocked. And when it, I think B, I think you were the first one to send a text, and I was like, "Yo, this wait a minute. Kyrie and and first I was I think when you first sent the text, I was like, Nah, this got to be a rumor. This got to be some TMZ. <laughs> this got to be some TMZ stuff here. But um, yeah, man, I'm I'm still surprised uh, that Kyrie wants out of Cleveland. Um, and we we've all heard the the reasoning, if you will, as to why he wants out. Uh, honestly, that even that still surprises me because I would think, and I, and maybe it's just me. I would think that you would want to play on the same team as LeBron James. Now, you know, if it was, you know, and this might upset some people, but I don't care. If this was Kobe, it might be a different story. And that's no shade on Kobe, even though it sounds like shade. But, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but LeBron, I mean, like, this is this is the best player of your generation. One of the one of the best players that we've ever seen. I, I don't think it goes without saying about that. And I, I can understand to some degree, at being 20, Kyrie's what, 25, you know, wanting to, you know, be the man someplace else. And yeah, you can have some level of complacency to some degree because you got a ring. So, you know, most guys are ring chasing. He's got the paper. He already got, I mean, he's going to get, he's going to get, and then that's another thing too that we didn't even talk about was that, you know, obviously if he leaves Cleveland, he doesn't get a chance to sign that super max deal in a couple of years. Now, granted, we don't know what LeBron is going to do you know, come next season after next season. And, you know, a lot of speculation is that he's going to go to LA or let he's going to leave Cleveland. Personally, I don't see at this point. Now you could talk to me maybe six months from now. It might be different. I, I don't see him leaving Cleveland at this point, but 
I said that prior to Kyrie talking about leaving. At this point, I think if you're Cleveland, you got to trade. There's no way that they can that he unless LeBron and Kyrie talk between now and then. There's no way that Kyrie can come to camp as a Cleveland Cavalier. Not with not with LeBron James there. That just that just can't happen. Um, I, I can think understand. He can. You think so? I, I don't see because yeah. I don't know how they could coexist. A lot of this is media driven, though. Yeah, but I, 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 it, I, you know, Ken, I think it is. But I think I think the problem, <laughs> and it's kind of going to be weird to say this, but I think part of the problem is is that LeBron is hearing all of this stuff from from the media, and he's heard very little, if nothing, from Kyrie. And you know, really, that's kind of how LeBron has done cats in the past. You know, when he made his decision to leave, he, he wasn't talking. That to, way. Yeah, he yeah exactly. He did D and he's his boys. He wasn't talking to D Wade and Chris Bosh about his decision. So I don't know, man. It's it. This is is mind boggling to me, and I can understand and appreciate how and why Kyrie would want to go someplace else. I just think I don't know, man. The grass isn't as green on the other side, and you know, it, it's like we talked about, you know, earlier via text. You know, back in the day, if you had a trade request, oh, they don't trade. And keep in mind, Kyrie doesn't have a trade, no trade clause. So if I don't know if the Sacramento Kings give up the have enough assets. He can end up in Sacramento. Now he's asked to go to what New York, Minnesota, not not Chicago. Uh, New York, Minnesota. What was the other team? San Antonio, and it was one more. I can't. It's on the tip of my tongue. But he it was four teams that he wanted to go to, and you know I don't know that they're not going to appease that when you're when they're trading you. They're not trading you to appease you. And I think, you know, it kind of messed the Cavs up because the Cavs looked at it from a standpoint of like, look, if you had come to us before the draft, we could have gotten even more for you. You know, but this happened post draft. And, you know, so the Cavs hands are tied. I I don't know, Ken. I just unless they sit down, I don't know how you could bring Kyrie. And like B said, camp starts what camp should be starting probably in another month and a half or so. So, I mean, they've got time to make something. And I think something's going to happen. But I just I can't see him coming to camp with LeBron, Um, which leads me to my next question. And I'll I'll throw it to you. Do you think that there's legitimate, quote unquote, beef between LeBron and Kyrie? Um, I don't know, man, because like Ken said, man, it can be so media driven. That you know, we'd be so blinded by stuff just because of what the media is saying. It's probably just Kyrie wanting to just spread his wings and fly, you know, on his own. I mean, maybe it could be something that simple, but you know, we listening to the media and all that stuff, and it's just like going crazy, man. But it, it's probably, I don't think there's no beef like just between them where they dudes can't stand each other. Then, you know, I hate we in this media world where now oh, we're like, man. if you speak see, on it, speak on see, it, man. If you see two dudes. You know, arguing or kind of, you know, going back and forth in the heat of a game. That's what that's what we do. That's what guys do, whether it's football, baseball, basketball. Thanks. Just because you see two guys frowning and talking aggressive towards each other. Oh, what's going on? It's the friction in the locker room between LeBron and Kyrie Irving. Man, we seen LeBron and D Wade go back and forth during right. my during this Miami day. We seen, you know, LeBron, Bosch and D Wade all yelling at each other. And stuff because maybe it was a certain play or defensive assignment that they were supposed to do, and they didn't, and they didn't get it right. We do that all the time. You do that. That's just that's just sports, man. People just forget that that's a part of sports. Sports isn't emo- it's emotional. 
you get emotional because you want to win. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm, I'm, I hate that we in that in this media. Like the, the second you see someone aggressively talking or arguing, oh man, he's it's causing problems, or they must have had beef before because they always argue. No, they're not. <laughs> they're they passionate about their sport and they want to win. So I honestly don't think there's no beef. I think really media is kind of like fueling that a lot and. It's just all, just like I said, Kyrie just want to spread his wings and fly. That's all it is. No doubt. No doubt. What about you, Ken? Do you think that there's legitimate, I mean, we, we mentioned earlier that, at least to our knowledge, the two have not talked. Uh, there was reports, I think, last week, a week before last, that the Cavs have reached out to Kyrie, and Kyrie's not returning their phone calls. And I know Kyrie did do a tour overseas uh, promoting uh, basketball, promoting the NBA, but um but for the most part, you know, nobody from the Cavs organization, including LeBron, has not heard from Kyrie. So do you think that there's a legitimate, quote unquote, beef between the two? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think is I think we're seeing Kyrie talking about he's legit coming home from China. And they're saying <laughs> that he's taking a shot at LeBron. Like, how? He's in China. He's coming back to America. What are y'all talking about? They take every single thing and turn it into something, and um, so I don't. I don't think there's legit beef. I think that LeBron was. I think that there's a misunderstanding, and that's why I think they need to talk. And I'm surprised and a little disappointed that Kyrie isn't returning the Cavs' phone calls. But mm-hmm. I think if he wants to push push this trade then he has to create some type of animosity and friction within the organization to to poison it to poison the relationship to the point where they're like alright well we gotta get him out of here and mm-hmm. I think that may be part of it to kind of put pressure on them but I don't think there's friction like that I, don't, I think that they just need to get on the phone and, and talk and, and and that's what I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna stick to man because, you know, you call him and Kyrie can say, hey man, this is why I said what he said, and LeBron has no choice but to respect it, mm-hmm. because that's what he does. But at least yep. he'll know the situation from Kyrie, and not what the organization decides to leak. They out here leaking stuff like the White House. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this was. <sighs> hey, you know what? It's probably about as much drama in Cleveland as it is in Washington. That's no doubt. That's that's, that's a great point, man. Um, I agree with you guys, man. I don't think it's beef, if you will. I, I'm a little bit surprised because, again, and it, none of us are privy to the, any of this information because we don't know LeBron or Kyrie. Um, you know, but I think at least from the outside looking in, they they appear to be cool with each other you know now we all play sports we know you know just because you're on the same team as somebody that doesn't mean that you're friends uh you know Kyrie is a very very smart kid and um you know and LeBron is too and you know you have to kind of you know kind of take a back seat to LeBron but I mean who wouldn't but and I can understand to some degree not wanting to take a back seat but I'm surprised that they have not talked uh I, I remember like you said B I, I'm I'm 
really kind of put off by the the and I don't know if it was because it was slow sports week or whatever like that, but that Kyrie story just dominated the sports headlines for a full week and a half or so. And I remember your boy Stephen A. Smith said that he was told, quote, <laughs> that LeBron said if he saw Kyrie, he want to kick his ass. And, you know, I'm like, come on, man, really? You know, you really yeah. think LeBron wanted to kick Kyrie's ass? You know, it's come a figure on, man. of speech and Stephen A. Smith wrong for reporting that. Yeah, he yeah and he ran with it. Yes. And, you know, and what made it worse was Stephen A. Smith was on vacation. He came off vacation to call in, you know, to, to run the story. I'm like, come on, man. It ain't that much having, you know, it, it ain't that much about having a scoop in the world. But, you know, that's another story for another day. I don't I don't think that there's beef. I would be shocked if Kyrie Irving is a Cleveland Cavalier, Cavalier at, at, the, at the start of training camp. Um, so we got a couple weeks. So we'll see how this thing plays out. Uh, but again, you know. As of right now, we don't know uh, where Kyrie is going. We don't know where his head is. We do know for a fact that he and LeBron have not talked. And by all indications, he has not talked to Cleveland. So he appears to be on the move. Um, Speaking of someone on the move, Carmelo Anthony has had an adventurous summer, to say the least. Uh, (laughs) Phil Jackson got up out the paint. Uh, They hired a new GM. Uh, There's been rumors about Carmelo going to – Houston uh, to play with James Harden and Chris Paul. Um, the Knicks not so much not so much sold on 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 trading Carmelo. They've there've been some pro- some proposed trades. Obviously, Carmelo has a no trade clause uh, in his contract, so he can veto any trade. But he has said, uh, at least off the record, or the rumors are, is that he only wants to go to Houston. He does he's he isn't even considering going to Cleveland to play with his boy LeBron. Um, you know, not to mention Lala's on power taking her clothes off. <laughs> so, so it's been and if yeah, you ain't seen that. I don't watch power. I don't watch power either, but I've seen the clips. Good lord. <laughs> um, so it's I watch an, power. So B knows. Um, so it's been an adventurous summer for you, man, Carmelo Anthony. So B, I'll start with you, man. With the shakeup and everything in the front office. Do you think he will be a Nick next year? Or do you think he plays elsewhere? Um, do I think he'd be a Knicks this year? Yeah, I think I, I don't think he's going to be moved. I would like for him to get out of New York. I mean, it's it's just time. I mean, just it's just time to go to a team where you can kind of be like that second or third option. You know, try to get that championship. Go to the Spurs. You know, I know they were saying that it was look. He wanted to go to the Rockets. Um, over there with uh, James Harden and, and uh, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. um, they'd be com- com- you know they compete, but that that wouldn't take them over the top if they was to, if he was to go to uh, the Rockets. Um, but yeah, I, I I have a weird feeling that he's still gonna be a Nick <laughs> when, when <laughs> start. You know what I'm saying? But like I, like I said, he definitely needs to be out of New York, man. It, it just this time, man. It's just so toxic. All with all this going on, and Phil wanting you to go and you know, but of course they fire Phil, and it's just like you know, you just it just doesn't seem right. You know, you're not going to win if you stay in New York. You're not going to win a championship, right, Carmelo. Right. All your counterparts have been winning championships now. Is is at this point, bro? Swallow your pride. Go to it. Like I said, go to a team. Be the second, third scoring option, and try to get you a ring, man. Well, you know what's wrong. Go to go to San Ann. You know you got a guy in Kawhi Leonard playing right beside you that plays defense. All you got to do is get buckets. 
I'm pretty sure Greg Papa talked some sense into you and, and have you playing a little bit of defense. So I say, why not go somewhere like there? But I, I just have a funny feeling he still might be a nigga. I could be wrong. It's just like a little funny feeling. I think he might get shot. He might end up playing for no team, but I just still have a feeling once this season starts, we're going to be like, oh, they were Carmelo reporting in training camp as a knicker. As a knickerbocker. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, kid? Where, where do you think uh, Carmelo ends up? I think I think he'll – I don't know if the Rockets have anything to, to, to trade him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after what they, they did to get Chris Paul. So I, I think I might be with B. Uh, I think he'll be back in New York um, for the next season. Yeah, I agree. I, I'll make a trifecta, man. I, I think I think he ends up back in New York. I think based on the the trades, the uh, proposed trades that we've heard, um, you know, teams just aren't willing to pull the trigger on it, and you know, they they're not going to trade Melo for you know fish heads and rice. So you know, the Knicks are making sure. They want to make sure that they get something out of it. And, you know, they brought in other teams to, you know, help facilitate the trade. And it's still not working out. I'm, I would be I, – I would I would actually be surprised if he actually gets traded to Houston. I think he's going to end up in, in New York. I think they'll, they'll stall it out and they'll say, well, hey, we can't – because the Knicks are pretty adamant that they're not going to buy him out. And so if he doesn't get a buyout, he's probably going to end up back in New York. Um, again, we got we got some a couple months to 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 see what happens, but uh, and I don't think, you know, especially with Phil Jackson being gone, I don't know that you know playing back in New York is not nece- is necessarily a bad thing for Carmelo. He's already for me. I mean, he's been there, so you know, I can understand that. I can understand him wanting to leave, especially if they're dangling the carrot of, you know, the possibility of playing with Chris Paul and James Harden in Houston. Um, you know, Houston just doesn't honestly have enough to give up with, you know, to, to facilitate the trade. I mean, nobody wants uh, what's the guy's name? Ryan Anderson. I think he's got a big contract and he's kind of injury prone. So, you know, that it sounds good in theory. And, and even if you put Carmelo on a, you know, Houston Rocket led team, you know, they could definitely challenge the Warriors. I don't think they could beat them, but, you know. Because it it would depend on how much bench they would have to give up. Because you we've we've seen the Warriors win, and it seems like everybody else has lost their damn mind. Everybody's scrambling trying to catch up, and you know teams really starting to look you know pretty bad as far as how far they're falling behind the Warriors. Because it looks like the Warriors, you know, barring injuries, are, are going to you know have a, a pretty easy run next year. Uh, but we of course we got time. We'll see what happens. Um, now let's move over to baseball. Uh, the L.A. Dodgers, man, are at the time of this recording, 79 and 32, 47 games over 500. And they are clearly the best team in baseball. Uh, they right now look like how the Warriors did uh, midway through the season where it looked like they were just clearly the best team. Um, so, Ken, I'll throw it to you, man. Is it a failure if they don't win at all? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um but the funny thing about baseball is that happens a lot <laughs> because the you know baseball is just a funny sport where a team just get hot in the postseason and next thing you know they 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 win it all. Um, but much like last year, where the Cubs were clearly the best team in in baseball, and they, I think they ran up against a hot Cleveland team, 
Um, and they almost lost it. But I, I think this year the Dodgers should win. I mean, they got it all. They have a bullpen. They mm-hmm. have a rotation of Kershaw. They dealt for Darvish, Alex Wood, Rich Hill. I mean, they got guys that can lock you down. And that matters, especially in the postseason. But not only that, Kyle, they can hit. They they, yeah. they can hit. So they'll put up six or seven on you in a heartbeat. And, and there's nothing you can do to catch up because their bullpen or their starting pitch is going to lock you down. They, they can come back on you because the offense mm-hmm. is so potent. Mm-hmm. So if you got a, a shaky bullpen, once they get into that bullpen, it might be a wrap. And I think what worked out for them um, early in the season was, was when they had injuries, especially to like the hitters, Gonzalez, um, Justin Turner, Jock Peterson, and I think there was somebody else. But they had to bring up Cody Bellinger. So having him, the Dodgers version of Aaron Judge, has been uh, <laughs> as, watch it, watch it. Hey, hey, they they're they're like a couple of home runs from each other. And remember, yeah. Aaron Judge started the year out. He started the season out with the Yankees. So mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger uh, is is slightly behind. So if they would have started out at the same time, they might be tied. He'd probably be ahead, yeah, or at least he might or maybe ahead, be yeah. ahead, yeah. Yeah. So um, and then this other kid, Chris Taylor. Um, who seemingly came out of nowhere and, and he can hit, um, you know, for power. Um, he can steal. He can hit for average. So they have damn near the complete team. They're, they're on pace to win 115 yep. games. They yep. have won 44 out of their last 51 games unreal in baseball that's, yeah, now, I don't think I've ever seen that before that's that's 44 out of 51 bruh that's crazy yeah they are they are clearly for and, and this is particularly for those of you who don't watch as much baseball as we do or if you're not really familiar with the Dodgers are on a run just almost as similar to the seventy three and nine uh Warriors. Now we all we all know how that ended uh for them, but just to kind of put it in perspective for those of you who watch more basketball than you do baseball, they are that's the kind of pace that they're on. I mean like Ken said, when you win that many games, forty three out of fifty one, that's that's un- and, and baseball is a you know, we all know it's a long ass season. Um what about you, B? Uh the pressure's on them, man. What do you think? Is it is the season of failure if they don't get it done? Yeah, uh, you know, but like like we've all stated before, baseball is one of those funny things where once postseason play starts, mm-hmm. it literally does not matter. Because hockey is another one of those sports that's like that, too, where you can have all this nice regular season and then playoffs coming. We've seen eight and seven seeds play for the Stanley Cup. Like yep. It's just funny like that. And same way with World Series. The lower seeds can advance. At any given moment, pitching can get hot, you know, fielding can get hot, like anything can get be going for you. Hitting can be going for you. And you look up and the lower the lowest seeds in the in the MLB is playing for the World Series. Cause you know, you got a team like the Dodgers that's for one, they're first in 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 uh most earned runs average. They're mm-hmm. first in um home runs allowed, they're they're fifth in runs, and they're tenth in batting average. So you're pretty much top ten 
in like the most important team stats. Exactly. In baseball. So like, yes, it's definitely a failure on paper if they don't if they don't, you know, do it because you got you have some of the best relieving pitchers. We ain't talking about just the starting pitchers. We talking mm-hmm. about the relieving pitchers in uh Pedro Pedro what's his name? Pedro Baez, 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 Baez. Right. Uh yeah, Tony uh Tony Sangrani, um, mm-hmm. um Grant Dayton, Josh Fields, um, another one, another one. It's another one. They got Watson. Uh, they traded for. They got Watson. Yep. Tony Watson, Watson from Pittsburgh. Um, Yamin, Yamin Garcia. Like they, they have a, a a plethora of relief pitchers that can just go in if the the starters get tired or whatever, and if it's time to you know make that make that switch, they got guys in that bullpen they can just throw right out there and be like, all right, we got you. So yeah, man, I I, I love it, man. I mean, I, you know, I like seeing. Just a dominant baseball team that's just dominant like that, man. So I think yes, it would definitely be a failure if they don't win. Hell, it. I mean, get to the World Series, but if they don't, if it'd be a fair if they don't even make it to the World Series, if right? Lose, you know, losing that semifinal round, man, that would be crazy, man. Because that's oh god, like just to look at their stats, their team stats, I, I, and I didn't even notice that till like last week. I was like. Man, Dodgers is on fire, and I didn't even know what Ken just said. They won forty four. They last fifty one games. Fifty one, yeah, it, it's crazy. Same man, you you only have like four off days per month in baseball. <laughs> exactly, so you'll be playing this consistently at this level. It's insane, man. That, that's that's good. That's great. So, and, it, and you know what's crazy is that they they're having this success with a guy like uh, arguably the best pitcher in the game, one of the best pitchers we've seen over the last twenty years, in Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw on the, yeah. you know, with him being hurt, yep. and to to put out this kind of this kind of output, man. Without your ace, you, without you, your ace, that's, doing that's without crazy. your ace, man. That's crazy. Hey, it, don't don't Magic Johnson like own part yeah. own the team? Yeah, Magic still has ownership in in the team. He's okay. he's he's doing both. He's he's still rocking with them right. and still rocking with uh the uh the the Lakers. Right. Um, I, I'm I'm surprised, man. And to answer the question, yeah, it, it would be an epic failure, uh, if they go lemon booty and don't finish, and because they they have to win it. It is lemon booty. <laughs> they they cannot go lemon booty. I mean, even though we've seen a lot of lemon booty, you know, over the last couple of years in professional sports, you know, the the the, the Warriors went lemon booty. Uh, the Falcons went lemon booty. Uh, the ultimate lemon booty in the Super Bowl. Um, so it's possible. I, I think now as a Yankees fan, do I want to see the Dodgers win? Hell no. I want to see my Yankees in the in the World Series. But um, to be honest, man, this team is loaded. I'm I'm going to be interested because, like Ken said, and we talk about it every year. And people and people always say, "Well, you guys don't talk a lot of baseball." We do talk baseball. We we talk baseball like this time of year when the pennant races heat up. Um, and, and moving into the playoffs. Uh, what's going to be interesting to me is how the bats handle the playoffs. And the reason why I say that is because pitching, obviously, is at a premium come playoff time. Uh, the Dodgers right now have four guys with a slugging percentage better than 500. Uh, Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger, uh, Corey Seager, and Justin Turner. Um, it's always interesting to see bats go cold in the playoffs. Uh, yep. I've seen it happen to my Yankees. I've seen it hey, happen Rod. to some of the best. Yeah. Oh my God, choke artist. Uh, <laughs> man, don't get me started, man. Uh, and I love a Rod, man. But I mean, he would. He was the ultimate lemon booty in the playoffs. Um, so I'm interested. To, and and one of the things we have to keep in mind is that, relatively speaking, this Dodger lineup is relatively young. Ken mentioned Corey Bellinger. Again, this guy's a rookie. What happens when? 
the bright lights are there and you're on the big stage and you're not playing against, you know, uh, you know, the, the worst team in the league every night or, or every other night. You're playing against the best of the best and you're on the biggest stage and you have to produce. And let's say you have, uh, you know, let's say you go in a slump. You know, let's say of those four guys that I mentioned, let's say three of the four go into slumps. What's going to happen? Now, the Dodgers have more than enough firepower and they have more than enough pitching power, as Ken mentioned, to kind of sustain as far as their middle relievers and their bullpen, as well as the starters. But I'm interested to see what happens when the light get, lights get bright and, you know, can they deliver? But, yes, this season is an ultimate failure if they do not close at this point, they are the Golden State Warriors on a 73-9 and run. They have to close this out because no other baseball team has been this efficient for this long in a season. And, you know, you just got to finish the deal. I mean, right now they're coasting. Obviously, nobody's going to catch them. Um, but they want to be playing. You, you want to be playing your best ball September rolling into October. You know, you don't want to peak too soon. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how they finish out the season. Uh, Clayton Kershaw will be coming back soon off uh, the DL, uh, and, and they're going to get better. And they, they have the experience, but again, with some of the younger guys, I'm interested to see what happens on the bright with the bright lights in the big stage. If they go cold, you know what kind of long term effect will it have as series? You know, as as you go on in the playoffs. And, and um, what happens when when you run into, say, for instance, Chicago win their division? And they're starting to kind of find their momentum, find their rhythm, and they're winning games now. So what happens when they remember they're the World Series champs and they got a nice set of arms, even though the arms have struggled earlier mm-hmm. in the in the year, but in the like B said, in the postseason it's different. And when you got a set of veteran arms that know know how to go out there and play and pitch playoff baseball against a young team like that, like you said, Kyle, that's a very good point. It could change everything, you know, for for them, and everything is just out the door. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how it goes, and of course, we will be talking more baseball as the season progresses. Uh, we are coming down the pennant stretch, man, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, who makes their move up the ladder and, and who who kind of falls back to the pack. Uh, last story, man, before we get out of here, uh, before we get on to our closing thoughts, man, one major thing happened uh, while we were away on vacation. Uh, Orenthal James Simpson, man, OJ has been granted uh, release from prison. Uh, OJ, as you know, uh, was uh, convicted of armed robbery. He was serving, I think, a he he had served eight years of a thirty three year sentence, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, B man, are you surprised? Of, what's your thoughts about OJ getting out of jail, man? Uh, shit. Um. Yeah, we yeah. I had a. I mean, I'm not surprised. Am I surprised? I, I, I was surprised. I, mean, I, I didn't. I didn't think. I, was, I didn't I think OJ about, was getting out. I forgot about OJ. Actually, I mean, I, was, <laughs> I haven't even really been like. I mean, you know, until I, I find it amazing that still that that trial is still being talked about in American culture today, mm-hmm. and that was back in '95. I mean, I, I'm more surprised of that, but like. Him being stupid and not going off, I've been saying this for years. Once he beat that double murder charge, he should just move out the country and just and just chill somewhere, man. Go to Italy or somewhere in Europe. Go chill with a snowflake or something like that, man. You know, whatever. Oh <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, you know, 
at this point, look, the dude's set to re- be released October. Go ahead and just go somewhere and just chill out, man. You 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 buy what? Isn't he almost seventy? Or no, he's seventy. He's seventy. Yeah. You seventy years old. Enjoy your children. Go just chill out, man. Don't even do anything. You know, of course we knew it was all coincidence why you got sentenced thirty three years for something that you could have did. You should only did two years max. Right, for, right, for that max. max. So you knew you already knew what that was about when they sentenced you thirty three years. So stop it. Just when you get out in October. Enjoy your kids for whatever time you have left on this earth, OJ, and just relax, man. Just stop it. But I mean, you know, the whole the fact that they televised this whole thing, and you know, they put the uh, the uh, the uh, what's what's my man, the what's the guy, Brown, the Brown family, they was on Good Morning America. Yeah. I was just like, man, this is so crazy how this still captivates America. 22 years mm-hmm. later, and like this is so crazy to me, and it's like we all remember it. Just like it was yesterday, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, dang, this is amazing how that that truly was the trial of the century. Like it really was no the doubt. trial of the century. And thank God we didn't have social media back then. Oh thank God. God. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, OJ out, the juice is loose. <laughs> the juice is loose. <laughs> um, no more power to him, man. You know, I, I'm glad. You know, I, I ain't gonna say I'm glad, but you know, I'm. It's always good to see someone being free from prison i mean you know it, it, to you knowing that you're getting ready to be a free man and and a little over a month you know that that that's cool you know more power to him uh wishing the best that's all i can say just wishing the best and enjoy your family man no doubt no doubt what about you ken uh oj coming home man what, what's your thoughts i'm happy for him i i am because he never should have been in there anyway at least for that long um so it's good to see the justice system that did him wrong finally do him right, and um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy he's 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 going to get out as he deserves to get out for the crime that they put him in jail for, um, and 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 that's not not listen, OJ. Um, don't hang around. Uh, don't come back to the hip hop side. Don't hang with with all them black folks you were hanging around with when you got locked up. Um, because oh, you, if, you you blaming the black folk or, or OJ getting locked up? Look, look, hey man, I love my people. Y'all know I do. But if, if OJ would have been around some, some white people, see, because you know black folks was egging him on, man. Like, hey man, go get your. They got your stuff, man. Go get your stuff. Don't let them get your stuff. Pumping hey, Ken, up, it was man. like, yo, man, I wouldn't take that shit if I was you. Exactly. <laughs> and OJ got hyped up and took his ass in there, and, and they free, and he locked up. Oh, White people wouldn't have did that to That's OJ. Funny. They wouldn't have did that. They would have They would have oh, went man. and got a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are stupid. Oh, man. you're killing me, man. But, but it was a way to do it. Get him up, though. <laughs> Oh man, you know what, yeah, man? man. <laughs> it was, All it was a say. white dude that originally set him up, though. Hey man, but OJ knew better, man. You you can't yeah, even better. though they had his stuff. You can't go. You can't go. St- you can't run up in the spot with guns, man. I mean, like you OJ, you gotta you gotta yeah, pay OJ somebody. OJ from the hood, people. right? OJ know better, man. Man, I, OJ ain't been in the hood since I don't know when. Um, 
OJ, if you're listening, and I'm sure that you are, because you're in prison, you don't have anything else to do but listen to podcasts um, and play and play checkers and shuffleboard. Um, if you're listening, man, go sit your ass down. Just just find some place, sit your ass down. Um, also, OJ, this is this little thing. It's been a very very popular phenomenon that happened while you're away. It's called Twitter. Stay away from Twitter. <laughs> no, please don't get, get on, on Twitter, Twitter dog. Don't get on Twitter because OJ, I can see OJ getting on Twitter and trying to slide in somebody's DM and be posting that shit on their timeline and getting jammed up. Nah, man, don't do that. Just stay away from Twitter. Yeah, the hell are y'all talking about OJ going straight for Jay-Z, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he don't want another jigger. He don't want another jigger. He don't want another yeah. jigger. Yeah, Jay style um, people. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Jay, Jay, Jay got kids. He 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 not he not playing for no for no fools. Um, but yeah, man, OJ, stay away from Twitter, stay away from Tinder, stay away from all of these sites that where you can pick up women. Cause I just, I got a feeling, man, like, yo, OJ is just two years. Give him two years. He'll find, he, OJ is crazy enough to just do something dumb. And I mean, like I could see him soliciting a prostitute and getting busted all over again. So uh, word to the wise, OJ, I know you're listening, man. Just go sit your ass down somewhere. Don't just, you know, we know you're not going to go look for the killer. You know, play some golf, enjoy your family. Oh, just that's messed up, Kyle. I mean, you remember OJ was talking about he was looking for the killer. He was on the golf course looking for the killer. Where, I, where the hell you going to find a killer at, man? Go look in the mirror if you want to find the killer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's so dirty. <laughs> but, but. But yeah, but I, I, I'm 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 with you, B. I, I I didn't. I was surprised. I to be honest, because I I didn't think they were gonna let. And then we started hearing rumors about you know that he had you know the point system or whatever the prison point system in Vegas or the state of Nevada, excuse me, that you know he had surpassed the point system to where he could you know possibly be up for parole. And um, I was surprised. I didn't watch any of the TV coverage of it. But boy, it was a whole bunch of people pissed off that day, boy. Um, <laughs> and if if any of you listening were at work when that verdict came down, boy, it was a whole bunch of people pissed off that day. I was um, happy. It was a good day. <laughs> I was cool, man. Everybody in my office was cool, but I just, I just, I went on social media, man, and I just typed in his name, and that was it. That's why I just looked back and just looked at the tweets. It was just funny. Was to so me. mad. Oh my God, man! It, it was, was wasn't they? They uh, it was so angry. Oh my God! So you know it's so yeah. OJ, if you're listening, man, just sit your ass down. Don't do nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't do no interviews. Don't write no books. Just chill, man. Uh-uh, you, you I need all of that. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do an interview, come to Dead End Sports, man. We'll we'll get you right. We'll get you right. We'll we'll have we'll set it out for you. But other than that, you don't need to be talking to nobody. You don't need to be on Twitter. You don't need to do anything. Just chill out. Um, man, we've come to the end of the show, man. It's time for our closing thoughts. Uh, before we get out of here, let me remind you guys, make sure that you hit us up on social media if you haven't done so already. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. You can find the podcast on all platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash dead end sports uh make sure you hit us up on all socials uh facebook twitter instagram um make sure you hit us up individually as well at bz430 at 12 kyle the number one two k y l e and ken what's your new twitter is kenneth Enge, right 
Uh, Kenneth B. Inge. Kenneth B. Inge. The B is yep. for best, as we the best. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for our closing thoughts, man. B, you're up first. What What do you got for your closing thought, man? Um, my closing thought is, man, shout out to Ice Cube for creating this big three yes. uh, basketball tournament, man. I, 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 you can really, you can tell, unlike the XFL. That they really <laughs> took their time and really put got everything together and in place, and they wasn't just winging it. And you know they they really you know this and this league has been it's been they've been like on a tour. So like every week they go to a different city and mm-hmm. this thing been selling out like crazy, man. And people been going celebrities going to the game, in, uh, current NBA players are going to the game. So like this really seems like is is really hitting off real good. And I hope I hope this is here to stay for some years, man. I hope I hope we I hope every summer. You know this big three is is you know is just taking off more and more, and they and they go tour in different in more cities and maybe add some more teams. You know what I'm saying? Because I I think this is really cool, man. I, and I I've really been enjoying it. It's been keeping my summer, you know, me watching some TV every weekend. Pretty cool, man. So you know, shout out to Ice Cube and, and the company for really putting together something something enjoyable to watch, man, and see some good competitive three on three basketball, man. I mean, these guys are playing like. Yep. These guys are taking this seriously. It, mm-hmm. This ain't no oh, yeah, three on three fun, ha ha laugh, whatever. Mm-hmm. No, these guys are getting each other's faces. They talking junk. They <laughs> angry if they lose. Like these guys are taking this for real. So shout out to Ice Cube, man. I, I love to see you know black men out here that's really putting their putting taking their time, putting their mind and stuff to stuff, and then this coming out great. Like. That XFL was just like watching that thirty for thirty. I did not know that it was just such a cluster, a cluster. You know what? And they was really just winging it. Like they just mm-hmm. they were swinging it. They were they didn't have nothing planned or nothing. You can tell with this league, they got stuff planned and everything is ready. So yeah, man, it's cool, man. Shout out, shout out to Ice Cube. So that big three, if you haven't checked it out, it comes on FS1. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Every Sun what Sunday and Mondays. Yeah. Sundays and then then they run they run some of the replays uh <clears throat> rebroadcast on Monday so yep. yeah definitely check out uh the big three um shout out to Iverson Iverson you need to be making to the games man you can't you can't <laughs> be missing games um he was uh, actually suspended for one game for not showing up um uh, but yeah the big three has been really really dope Ken what what, what about you what's your uh, final thought uh well I, I I definitely definitely agree with B once I saw saw they uh. Had the junkyard dog. I knew it was official. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey man, how old is the junkyard dog? Man, man? that dude has to be about fifty, dog. That I, dude older he, than me, he gotta man. Be. He gotta man. be. And he still, he still looked the same. <laughs> you sure, dude? Don't he? <laughs> hey, I knew something was up when I saw junkyard dog sitting courtside at like all Saturday All Star night uh, for the slam dunk. I was yeah. like, yo, how's that dude still in the in, in the building? <laughs> Junkyard dog is Jerome Williams for for those of you listening who don't know who we're talking about. Former Georgetown great. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's been fun to watch. Um, uh, one um, OJ, I'm glad you did your parole hearing uh, the way you wanted to do it, and you didn't, you know, um, cater yourself to the man and be all humble and yes sir no sir this and the other <laughs> nah you were OJ you were OJ and uh, and I, I I appreciate that um, so yeah so I thought that that was dope so that's that the second thing I have is um, 
is look, I, I don't know what happened this year compared to the years in the past, but whenever we went on vacation, you know, after the NBA playoffs, it's always been quiet. Mm-hmm. And this year, I don't know what happened, but there was story of the story of the story of the story. And I was like, man, man, we, we, we're not around to lend anything to the conversation. Exactly. What I, <laughs> what I didn't know was that most of the main stories that kept hitting would still be around <laughs> a month or so <laughs> afterwards, which says a lot about what you guys have to talk about. Um, the fact that you guys got to talk about the same thing over and over again. So, um, but nevertheless, um, we were still able to thankfully, uh, get our thoughts on those things out and, um, and pretty much we're caught up. So we're ready for football and we're, we're here to kick this thing off. Uh, for those of you that's going to watch. Damn right. Damn right. Yeah. You, you're right, man. The, the news cycle, uh, <laughs> left and came back, and you know we're still here when we got back. So, um, my my final thought, man, is is a salute to uh, what I what the guy who I call the the greatest Olympian, um, and that would be one Mr. Usain Bolt. Um, mm. I will go on record as saying Usain Bolt is the greatest Olympian that we have ever seen, and that includes Michael Phelps, that includes Jesse Owens, that includes Carl Lewis. Uh, Usain Bolt is a guy who Keep in mind that the 100 and 200 were never run and and had world records in it by any nobody never held world records in both. Um, this guy did it what three times. Um, as you all know, Usain Bolt uh, has finished in his career uh, this past weekend. He had his final race in which he lost uh, to American Justin Gatlin. And when if you saw the race, Usain Bolt, you know he just he didn't look the same. I mean, he finished third, but I mean. I can't really criticize a guy for running like a nine 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 when he's and finishing third, uh, but he has dominated his sport. He has put his sport on the map. He's made us care about track and field even when the Olympics weren't around. Uh, he was flamboyant. He was boisterous, but he always backed it up and he carried his country on his back. And you know, for, say what you want about any other athletes from their era, there was no scandal with Usain Bolt. You know, there were people that might have had whispers about what is he on something? I mean, that, we live in an era where an athlete can't do anything well without you accusing them of doing something. But there were never any scandals. There were never any problems like that. And I think Usain Bolt, like I said, he carried his country and did it well and represented very well. And he put track and field on the map when there was a huge segment of population that didn't even care about track and field outside of the Olympics. So to Usain Bolt, man, salute. I don't know what he's going to do next, but I'm sure he will be great in doing that. Thanks again for checking out another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. For FIFO in his absence, my boy Ken Beasy. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. The juice is loose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, still, stay away from that Viagra too, Juice. (laughs) (laughs) He gonna load up, boy. Why are you white women?